Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'll tell you what, this is one of my greatest joys, is coming and, and uh, worshiping the Lord. I, uh, I've been in church my entire life, and for a while, whenever I was a, a young man or a kid, how many of you remember when you were teenagers? Some of you, that was a long, long, long time ago. You got better memories than what I have. <laughs> But my, my, my parents give me a drug problem. They drug me to church on Sunday morning. They drug me to church on Sunday night. They drug me to church on Wednesday night. And if there was a revival anywhere in the area, they drug us to church every night. And <laughs> there was a lot of times that we were in church every night for three or four weeks at a time. And whenever I got out on my own, I said, that's enough of that. And I wandered away from the Lord. But since the time that I got myself brought back, Went to an altar of prayer at a little church in Flora, Illinois on a Sunday afternoon. My, not, my life has never been the change and has never been the same. And I'm thankful for that. I give the Lord the praise. He, cha- he changed the way I talked. He changed the way I walked. He changed the way I looked. And, well, I'm still just as ugly as I ever was. <laughs> but he changed, he changed my disposition. He changed everything about me. And... Those changes are really, really good, amen? And we, sometimes we need to go back and let the Lord uh, change us every, uh, a little bit every once in a while. How many of you remember the Sunday school lesson from last week? Oh, there's one, two, three, four. Yeah. Well, we're going to rehash that a little bit. <laughs> I had no idea what Brother Mike was going to, how he was going to finish up his series about how to miss Christmas. So this is Ray's version of how to miss Christmas. If you're not really careful, we miss a lot of things about Christmas. Uh, Mary gave a test in her uh, Sunday school class last week, and, and uh, we didn't do so well, did we? No, no. <laughs> we tend to listen to a lot of songs and a lot of stories about Jesus and we kind of overmiss exactly what the Bible says but the Bible gives us the true account and sometimes us as storytellers and, and I kind of like to uh, think of myself as a storyteller once in a while but we add things to make it more interesting we add things because it was kind of our Barnesology if you will it's kind of what something that I thought of they thought, man, that's, that, it may have been that way. But when you go back to the scripture, it tells you exactly how it was. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start in on verse uh, 20. I want to just kind of talk about 22 to, to uh, uh, 25. <coughs> After Jesus was born. In what town? Okay. And there were certain things that the Jewish people done that had to be done according to their laws, according to their tradition, according to the way that they had done it since Moses' day. 
And that was to present the child after the time of purification. Now, the, the time of purification took about 40 days. So, they, Joseph and Mary had to take baby Jesus to what town? Jerusalem. Boy, somebody's good. How far is it from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? Let's see just how smart you are. I had to look it up. It's about 27 miles. Now, if you're walking, how long does it take you to walk 27 miles? A couple of days. Absolutely right. So they had to take off and be in Jerusalem on about the 40th day. So they had to take off about day 38 after Jesus was born. And I don't know about the rest of you, but if you had a baby <laughs> born today and you had to walk for two days, how many of you would say, boy, that's great? <laughs> yeah. We'd have to say, well, I got to take, I got to take a car seat. I got to take the, the, the all the the milk and all, all the formula. And how many diapers is it going to take? We're going to have to take all that stuff with us. That's some Barnesology. That's not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> but they traveled for a couple of days to Jerusalem to do what the law commanded them to do, and. They had to make a sacrifice, and I, I, I think it's kind of ironic that our Lord and Savior, the person that God sent directly from heaven, who was going to live a life absolutely pure, absolutely perfect, without sin, without spot, without blemish, had to have a sacrifice. Because he is the sacrifice for you and I. But it required a pair of turtle doves or a couple of pigeons for the sanctification of our Lord and Savior. Now in verse 25, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, uh, I want, want you to uh, kind of look at verse 25, uh, these next few verses. And this is where the Sunday school lesson was. And it said, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, that's something that was very special, that the Holy Spirit was on this man. You see, up until the day of Pentecost, after the, the resurrection, the Holy Spirit just kind of came as a visitor down to earth, and he would visit certain people. He would visit the, the, the prophets of the old and tell them what to proclaim about God. But this, this individual was so in tune with God and so in tune with, with uh, his, his, for lack of a better term, religious self or his Christianity, if you will, as we would call it today, that the Holy Spirit was common to visit this individual and <coughs> he had a request for the Holy Spirit and his request was, Lord, don't let me die until I see the Savior. Don't let me die until I see the Savior. Don't let me, let, I want to lay eyes on this Christ child that is coming and I know that, that you will do that and the Holy Spirit said, okay. Because he was on, the Holy Spirit was filling this individual. Now, verse 26 said, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So when he came by the Spirit, see, he was still filled with the Spirit, by the Spirit into the temple, 
And when the parents brought the Christ Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in the arms and blessed God and said. I want to stop there for just a little bit. How many of you remember when you had your first child? Yeah. How many of you would walk up to a total stranger and say, Here. Here. <laughs> now, when it got down to about the fourth or fifth kid, you say, Take it. <laughs> you know, give me a break. This was Mary and Joseph's first child. Joseph's first stepchild, Mary's first child. And this strange man, this strange, stranger man, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. Very important phrase in there is bless God. That's what I want to kind of look about this morning, look at it this morning and kind of talk about just a little bit. You know, I think back to 9-11. I'm sure all of you remember where you were back on 9-11 when the towers were struck by the, uh, the terrorist attack. And for weeks after that happened, how many times did you say, did you hear God bless America? Over and over and over. We went through some time with uh, the last few years, and I'm not going to get political on you, but that phrase kind of got shoved to the side, but now it's beginning to come back into the forefront. God bless America. And we all want God to bless us. Amen? How many of you like to be blessed by God? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I love it when he blesses me. I love it whenever I, I get, to, get the feeling uh, that, that he has blessed me. And the old, old hymn says, Count your many blessings. You all saying that? Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And how many of you have ever tried to count your blessings? It don't work. You can't count that high. You, you miss so many things when you're trying to count your blessings. Yeah, we start out, <coughs> we thank you for our church or for our family. We thank you for our, our car. We thank you for uh, good health. We thank you for everything. How many of you thank God that he kept your heart beating? See, you can't, you can't even imagine all the blessings that God has given us. And it, we, we so desire the blessings of God when the, when the Holy Spirit comes down upon our service and we all leave with that warm, fuzzy feeling in our heart. That's a blessing from God. But I want to tell you something. It is a lot harder to bless God than it is to receive the blessings that he has for us. Have you ever stopped to think about the, the, when God blesses us, we think in our limited uh, ability to think, we think of a blessing as something that makes us better. Stop and think about it. God blesses us with good health. That makes us better. God blesses us with a wonderful family. That makes us better. That makes our life here on earth better. And all the blessings that God gives us, they, they all tend to enhance our lives. Now, if we're going to bless God, how do you enhance God? How do you enhance his life? How do you make him feel better? How do you do that? You can't give him anything. He has, he owns the cows, the, the, the cattle on a thousand hills is what the Bible says. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that, that uh, I, I should have clear, probably cleared it with the deacons and everything else, but God doesn't want your money. 
The church does. I'm going to be honest with you. The church does because how many of you like the heat that's in here this morning? Amen. I do. I do. I like it whenever I walk into this beautiful sanctuary. Uh, and and the, the church needs, needs your, your tithe. And God tells you to bring your tithes and offerings to him. And we need that so that we can continue on and, and, and grow as a church and continue to reach others that are lost for their salvation of their souls. But when, how do we bless God? I've come to the conclusion that the only way that we can bless God is to make him proud of us. I have a granddaughter sitting here and and I am so proud of her. She's uh, really big into FFA. She has received the American Award when we drove all the way to Indianapolis so just to watch her walk across the stage and we thought it would be a short day because her name is Barnes so that if they start with the A well they started with the Z and went backwards so we sit there all day <laughs> but it makes us proud when our children accomplish something doesn't it isn't it doesn't that make you proud to know that your child has done something outstanding my youngest daughter, she was a, a salutatorian in the eighth grade. I was so proud of her. I don't know where she got her brains, but it wasn't from her daddy. But the, whenever you see them walk across the stage to receive an award or to receive something, maybe it's a, 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 a sports award at a sports banquet, you know that proud feeling you get? Every once in a while you're so proud it kind of leaks out of your eyes just a little bit. You see, they are blessing you. Now, if we take that same theory and bless God, how are we going to do that? We need to accomplish something. Alyssa didn't get to be a state award recipient by just sitting in ag class and twiddling her thumbs. If we're going to bless God, we need to start being the very best Christian that we can. If we're going to bless God, the only way to make him so proud of us that maybe it kind of leaks out of our eyes a little bit is to get into our Bible and study. Amen? Come on Wednesday night and study. Read your Bible. (coughs) Look at it. Pay attention to what you're reading. Don't just sit down and and start reading like you would an ordinary novel or an ordinary book. Start paying attention to the punctuation. Start paying attention to the words. Start paying attention to the questions. A lot of times we'll read, we'll read a verse and it'll be a question and we just read it as a statement. Or we'll read it as a, a question when it is a statement. You see, we need to get down and study the Word and, and uh, become the very best Christian that we can. And we need to do that so that we can bless God. This individual, this Simeon, he was, he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit and with God that the Holy Spirit was dwelling in him in a time that it was so very odd. But today, today in 2017, <laughs> I got to get this in before it's too late. 
The Holy Spirit lives in each one of us and dwells within us. But this individual was very unique in the fact that the Holy Spirit was dealing in him. How else do we bless God? By when those doors are unlocked out front, coming through them. You see, I think church attendance is one of the most important things that we can do. It should be high on our priority list because we get to come together and fellowship one with another and draw strength from one another and to worship with one another. I'm not a loner. I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm not a loner. I don't have a lot of close friends, but I have a lot of really good friends, and y'all are some of them. And I love being with God's people. And you should do. It should warm your heart just to walk through the door thinking, I'm going to get to worship God today. It says in Psalms, you know, I was glad when, they, when I uh, came to the house of the Lord. I, I was filled with joy. I was filled with joy. And it's a great feeling to know that we can worship with one another. Amen. Get back to my scripture. Lord, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your, your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I love that verse. My eyes have seen your salvation. He was talking about seeing the child. He probably didn't really understand that this child, even though he's called it our salvation, was going to have to be brutally killed and his blood sacrificed for us. He may have thought that he's going to be the ruler of the world, and he is, but he may have been thinking physically instead of spiritually. You see, there's nothing you can do to get to heaven except for one thing nothing that you can do you can't give enough money you can't come to church enough to get to heaven you can't love your family enough to get to heaven you can't be pretty enough to get to heaven thank God for that or I'd never make it there's nothing physically that we can do to get to heaven because that little baby that was born not in a manger but was born that very first what we call Christmas day is your salvation it's what Jesus done not what Ray done not what Gary done not what you done, but it's what Jesus done. You see, even when Jesus was born, there had to be a sacrifice for him. And he lived to be about 33 and a half years old, somewhere in that neighborhood. And he became the sacrifice for you. And as Simeon said, we need to bless God because 
of the sacrifice that he sent for you and I. Salvation is simple. Salvation is plain. Ask Jesus into your heart and tell him that you'll follow him and then do it. It's not of works. It's a free gift. But the sacrifice has been made. And it was far more than two turtle doves. It was the life of a man called Jesus Christ that was born and lived on this earth who died on a cross because he loved you. Bless God. Whenever we bless God and we come through these doors to worship him, we should close the doors to the outside world and think about how great God is. You see, to bless God is to thank God. To bless God is to worship God. To bless God is to praise God. We need to bless God, just as Simeon said in verse 28, he says he took him in his arms and blessed God. Have you blessed God today? Have you told him how much you love him? Before I roll out of bed of a morning, I say thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, Jesus, for another day. I think that blesses God because he realizes that Ray's dependent on him, and you are too. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If not, let me introduce you to him because I know him personally. I talk to him every day, and you can too. Brother Gary, would you come? Praise team. I serve a wonderful Savior who loves me so much that he sent his son to die on Calvary. And by him dying on Calvary, God allowed him to give me the free gift of salvation. All I have to do is ask him, invite him in. Invite him into my heart and then accept him. And I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah, there's some other steps we need to take. We need to follow him in baptism. We need to get involved in a Bible-believing church. But salvation comes through God. Do you know him? Maybe you've known him for a long time and you begin to grow cold. He's always a God of restoration and wants to bring you back. Would you stand with me as we, play, as we sing? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 